One of my favorite things about fintech over the last few years has been watching uh, just all this technology where it's really just more of an evolution of what we've already seen. Like you think about buy now, pay later, that wasn't any new rails. They were using existing things, right? Or, mm -hmm. you know, when you look at alternative lending, it's, it's literally just looking at the old ways we've done something and saying, how do we repackage this? How do we make it more useful? Welcome to the Next Gen Banker podcast, where we explore what's next in banking and talk with the innovators responsible for creating positive change in the financial sector. I'm Becca Heft, Sunrise Bank's Chief Brand Officer, and I am here with my friend and colleague, Brian Toft, Sunrise Bank's Chief Revenue Officer. And I am so excited for our guest today, Holly Gulati, to the podcast. Holly, thanks for coming on. I'm so excited to have you here today. Thanks for having me. I'm I think I'm equally excited to be here. Woo. All right. Let's get it going. But before we get started, just a reminder to stick around to hear our musical feature at the end of the episode. Each Next Gen Banker episode showcases one new artist from somewhere around the globe representing a wide range of different genres. So be sure to check it out. Now let's hear about Holly. She is the Chief Partnership Officer and co-founder at Prize Out, a company we'll hear about in a little bit. Holly is an entrepreneur, co-founding consulting businesses, conferences, and more throughout her career in finance. And she's also the co-founder of WIN, the Women in Incentives Network. So let's get started with our first question. Holly, welcome. And we just heard a little bit about your background. Uh, you are in a very specific place in finance right now at Prize Out. Was this the path you always thought you would take into finance? Uh, and if yes, um, what led you down this path? Um, well, first of all, finance was a total surprise to literally everyone <laughs> in my life for me. <laughs> you were talking to a theater major. So um, wow. my parents were very relieved. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, you know what? I, I took a job at um, a great marketing agency called Marketing Innovators. And I was told I'd be helping to do B2B marketing for JCPenney and Staples. And it turns out it was their gift card portfolios. And to, I ended up moving into like sales for that. And in order to sell it, I had to learn the technology behind it because at that point, this was a little over, I think, 10 years ago, um, you know, the, the payment rails were changing. Like digital was happening for some brands, but not all when it came to gift cards. So I remember having to dive in and learn all about payment rails, which you guys know, it's, it's alphabet soup. It's just so many acronyms. Mm -hmm. And uh, I looked at it and I was like, oh, this is a mess. There's <laughs> so much that could be done here. And I got so excited uh, because I thought, wow, there's a real problem to solve. And I've kind of just, I've stayed in it ever since. I've been on the brand side. I've been at other startups, like you said, had my own. And then that landed me here at Prize Out and never in my wildest dreams did I ever think I would be a gift card or branded currency expert, but here we are. Wow. Brian, that sounds super familiar, doesn't it? it like this does. is a trend on our pot on this podcast. Um Brian I've heard that from others when I listen. Yeah. Brian's IT, I'm writing like boom. And somehow we waltz into finance. That's that's super cool. Thanks for sharing, Holly. So Holly, I have to ask you. Are you doing anything with the theater major anymore? Is there, are you participating in any theater or anything? Uh, not the not a ton. Um, we did have a shuffleboard competition in office where 
my coworker and I did do the national anthem in two-part harmony on kazoos. So to kick it off. So, you know, there's that. <laughs> that could be a show for sure. Um, but you're at Prize Out. So for those that don't know, can you tell us a little bit more about Prize Out and what you do? Yeah. So what I love about Prize Out is we're kind of this uh, blend of fintech and ad tech. Um, so, you know, we actually started out in the online gaming and like sports betting space. And now we've moved into working with financial institutions. So we started as a cash out method where let's say you'd won $100 and you didn't want to take it as ACH or, you know, wait three days for it to appear in your account. You could click prize out and we would show you a selection of 50 curated gift cards with bonus value on it. Um, and on average, we show about a 12% bonus value. So instead of 100, you'd walk away with 112. And so the fintech side of it really is in the, you know, those payment rails. We set up APIs with processors and point of sale solutions and, um, you know, e-commerce platforms, you name it. There's a lot going on in the infrastructure in the background. And then the ad tech part comes in where we're working with retailers uh, to offer these bonus values. So sometimes it's hyper-targeted. They could say, oh, we're looking for someone in the Twin Cities. Um, and, you know, we're a coffee shop that's really only there. So we'll only show that gift card to someone who's in the Twin Cities and maybe hasn't shopped with us before. So they're able to get hyper-targeted and, you know, working in the gift card space, I'd never seen anyone do that. You know, usually it's just that like endless scroll of options, like 250 gift cards. And you're like, where is the one I want? So, <laughs> you know, being able to pop them to the top and make it really easy. It's so interesting. You don't even see people scroll that far because they're like, oh, I know that. I know that brand that's relevant to me. So it's been really fun to, to take what was starting as a cash out method and turning it into shopping portals for financial institutions or loyalty and reward programs, um, employee perks, uh, earned wage access, uh, things like that, that it's just been, um, it's been really, really fun to explore and learn about all these new places that, I, you know, I've really just never had the chance to work in before. Really cool. Mm -hmm. um, I So in preparation for today and this yeah. episode, I started digging out in the archives of Holly. And I was reading um, one of your Medium posts. And you talked about Starbucks. And you mm. talked about how much you didn't like their coffee, or you didn't like it that much, rather. Yet you visited there three times a certain week because yeah. they had this card. And so it leads me to this next question about how these gift cards or cards are being used to help create that branded currency. Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness. I love this term. And I can't say that I coined it. Um, the wonderful Mark Bonchek and Gene Cornfield came up with it in 2013. Um, and it's funny because I reached out to Mar Mark on a whim, I think probably in like 2016 or something. And he goes, Holly, it was like being in the woods and all of a sudden hearing a voice. <laughs> because I was so excited about the term. Yeah. <laughs> so he and I got to know each other and he he spoke at our conference. Um, and it was, I mean, he's fantastic. He's so smart. And so um, I, I love the idea that, you know, when you think gift card, it just keeps it so boxed. Like it's just a gift, right? Like that's the only use case for it. But one of my favorite things about fintech over the last few years has been watching uh, just all this technology where it's really just more of an evolution of what we've already seen. Like you think about buy now, pay later, that wasn't any new rails. They were using existing things, right? Or, mm -hmm. you know, when you look at alternative lending, it's, it's literally just looking at 
the old ways we've done something and saying, how do we repackage this? How do we make it more useful? Because the rails are there. So if you think about branded currency as more than a gift card for the merchants, or a gift card as more than just a gift card and branded currency, I should say, it gives the merchant more opportunities to pull in a customer, learn about them, lock in spend before they even know what they're going to buy. And then for an advertiser, you know, you can provide more value to your merchant customers because you're saying like, look, yeah, you got, you know, a thousand impressions and 20 clicks, but they actually did buy at the end of this, you know? So um, for me, it's just more exciting to be able to tie more to it, make it do more and um, really kind of pull just that more use cases out of what sometimes becomes a stagnant product, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that term branded currency to be more inclusive or expansive than just gift card, right? It's not, maybe it's not a gift. Maybe you obtained it because of a loyalty thing or something you earned at work um, mm-hmm. from an incentive. Um, you know, you talked about the the companies obviously providing these branded currency cards. Mm-hmm. Um, makes sense why they would want to do that, lock in that spend, like you said. On the flip side, the consumer side, why do you think that it's so popular with the consumer to do that rather than, you know, cash or or something else? And, and, and it does seem to be evolving that way where it's more common to, you know, obtain that card um, at a place that you really love. But why do you think that is and how do you see it evolving from here? Yeah, we've seen a lot more what we kind of say is self-use, right? So um, people are buying for themselves more and more. We see that quite frequently on prize out just because we know people are um, claiming these gift cards like within four hours within the average is 42 hours so you know it's not like they're giving it to someone else that's a really short window for a gift to be received so um, we're seeing people use that and I think there's a couple of reasons number one the immediacy of the funds is a really big deal um, and we see that across all verticals uh, number two, I think depending upon which vertical you come from, if it's more fun money or found money, I think people are very excited by the idea that like, okay, I could get like 112 instead of 100. This is like, you know, they, they're picturing what else they can buy. Um, but then number number three is, and this is becoming, for better or worse, I think the the strongest use case of all is that I think people are trying to make their money go further right now. And um, I think with inflation and gas prices and things like that, you know, our biggest requests are always for the essentials anymore. Um, when we ask our customers, you know, what mm. else can we do for you? So, um, yeah, because I mean, we have thousands of merchants, but there's always more to go get, right? So, but it is heavily gas and grocery these days that, that are the main requests. Yeah, I can see that from a need standpoint and the inflation standpoint. And also, you know, if you're requesting cash or something or you obtain cash, it's like it kind of goes into the rest of the cash. Whereas if you have the card, it's like, hey, I can maybe spend something for myself if you're looking to treat yourself or something. Um, Is there anything in particular that got you interested in branded currency? Uh, And, and, you know, that term you mentioned that you reached out to the founder of that term and kind of had this moment. Um, What what interests you about it? I think for me, it's a little bit of, I mean, some of the things I said already where I just think there's so much opportunity, you know, and it's 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 not a huge shift in thinking, but I, I find that a lot of disruption is just that, a shift in thinking, you know, and getting people to say, oh yeah, you know, we put this label on something and it it, it doesn't have to always be that label. It doesn't have to always be a gift. So I think there's so many simple changes I can see that just make all the difference. Like, um, 
you know, I've seen some companies do some incredible things where, it, you know, uh, by using a gift card as the underpinning of um, an online order. So I could say, hey, Brian, I wanted to get you a pair of shoes. I don't know what size, but it would say like, Holly got you shoes. And then you could go in and select the color and the size. The level of returns went sink way down because you've selected the item, you know, but they used gift card technology in the background to sort of hold the inventory, hold the value. Um, you know, so things like that, I think are really interesting. So it, it, it allows for there to just be more creative use. So, um, yeah, it's, it's also, I think sometimes the unsung hero, uh, a little bit. I think a lot of people in gift card don't get the credit where credit is due for getting a lot of sales because, um, some of it's not really trackable. It is an anonymous currency. So, um, I don't think you always get, they, they get that recognition. So it's, there's, there's a lot happening in the space that goes kind of unsung. And I think there's just limitless opportunity to really keep growing. I think we've only scratched the surface. Well, Holly, I'm going to switch gears just a little bit here. Um, and if you're, if anyone's listening and they're in fintech, they know Holly Glowati. I mean, hands <laughs> down. And what I love about Holly and what she's done is that she's she's really promoted women in fintech. And Holly has is the co-founder of Women in Incentives Network, as Brian mentioned, but you're part of other networking groups, um, FinFounder, FinX, FinTech Women, et cetera. I would love to know, um, because you are an inspiration to me and so many others, how are you seeing women become more involved in finance or fintech and in leadership roles? And what roles are you hoping they'll play? Oh, that's a great question. You know, I think when I first got started, you know, creating groups or even just like starting to do meetups, it was solely because I would go to happy hours in Chicago and the room would be packed to be like 200, 300 people. And I'm like, where are all the women I know in this industry? Like, why is no one here? It's like, it's not that they weren't there. It's just, so I started just asking, why don't you ever show up to these things? And, uh, the answer was pretty simple. They're like, uh, daycare ends at 530. And if, and I get charged for like every five minutes, the kid is, my kid is still there. Or, my last train is at six. So like, I would just be there for like 15 minutes and then I'd have to, you know, yeah. again, this is a very Chicago centric use case right now, but it was just the time of day. So we started doing breakfasts and lunch and maybe only, you know, so we started just inviting people and the first group was 20 and then it was 40 and then it was 200. Like, I think the big takeaway for me was that it's not that women weren't there. It's that we had to change one small thing so that it was just more accessible for them to be part of these sort of other conversations and parts of these groups. And so figuring that out was almost, uh, it became the theme for everything in fintech for me. It's always just these tiny changes that make all the difference. And I think when I look at what what role I hope women will pay, play, I think finance has to have a bit more empathy. Fintech has to have more empathy for the end user. And I do think a lot of women inherently bring that to to the work that they do is that empathy for who will be the end user of this product or this experience. And I think it can only make better products in the end. I love that. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. 
Absolutely. So we have one final question for you today. It's a question we ask everyone on the podcast, and that is, what do you think the next-gen banker looks like? Oh, you guys, I have been thinking about this. <laughs> Good. I want to know what you think. Oh, man. Okay. I think the next-gen banker, I think there is that level of empathy that has to be brought to everything because I think if we don't, people will stop coming to their banks for questions that should be brought to the banks, right? Like, I think if you don't know if like your bank can help you with financing for something, like you might go to um, some sort of like, like an, you know, I don't know, an alt lender or a neo bank or something. You know what I mean? Like, I think empathy is going to play a big role in understanding um, a lot more about our finances. I also think they have to be educators. Um, I more and more, as I get older and older, I understand how much I don't understand about my own finances. And I think the best thing we can do for any of our customers in the future is really educate them. And I think that will provide the most value, um, especially living in the age that we live in now where it's like information's everywhere. So I think that's, that's what I landed on you guys. I have a lot of other ideas. <laughs> That's good. And if you ever want to share them, let me know. Let Brian know. We're we're in on it. Um, Holly, thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you for what you're doing, not only for fintech, but for women in fintech. Um, as a female myself in the industry, I greatly appreciate and celebrate other women like yourself who are doing some really special things. Uh, we can't wait to see what happens in the future with Prize Out and with you. Um, thanks to everyone for listening today to the next Banker podcast, and we'll see you next time. For this episode's musical feature, we're showcasing the American Indie. The American Indie is a project created by Dylan Edmonds, a Nashvillian who likes telling stories with his Telecaster in Ableton. Here is Rendezvous by the American Indie. I can't believe we're holding on to what we've already given up. It's like we're pacing Trade fights for better views We both need something new Maybe we should just tell them Rendezvous by the American Indie. You can find more of the American Indies music on Spotify. If you would like your music featured on the Next Gen Baker podcast, just email David at nextgen-banker.com with a link to your music and website. Thanks for listening to the Next Gen Baker podcast. We'll see you next time.